Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. <laughs> BFFT. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the Bald Face Truth. This weekend coming up, Father's Day weekend. Remember Dad. Also remember Worlds of Sport is happening at the Oregon Convention Center. What's your world? Memorabilia, esports, ducks, beavers, blazers, timbers, thorns, winterhawks, hops. Portland State, plus a bunch of great brands like Portland Gear, Columbia, Dutch Bros, a lot of giveaways. I don't know if your kids are into kicking field goals and throwing pitches against a radar gun or going through an obstacle course or making a putt, but you can do all of that at the Oregon Convention Center Saturday and Sunday coming up this weekend, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Sunday. Great way to celebrate Father's Day weekend. You can go to worldsofsport.com to get tickets. I do have a giveaway courtesy of Dutch Bros. Good people at Dutch Bros want you to go to Worlds of Sport. I have a four-pack of tickets to go to Worlds of Sport. Let's go 503-417-7575 if you want to win those tickets and get to see Worlds of Sport this weekend. Sean is standing by to declare a winner. If you would like a four-pack of tickets and bring the whole family. Our next guest, Kelly Graves, University of Oregon women's basketball coach. Hell of a guy, okay? This guy, you know, I do a lot of radio shows, and sometimes it, it gets very insular, like you do the show, and you're alone in the studio, or maybe Anna's in the studio, and then over time you kind of wonder, like, you know, was that as funny as it sounded? Did that segment work? Kelly Graves gave me some feedback yesterday. He happened to be in his car with his family driving, and he was listening to this radio show. Give me a critique. What's working? What's not working, Coach? Well, anytime you have Ann on, it works. Big guy. <laughs> I, I, the, well, no, 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 no. Listen, now, yeah. okay, the banter between the two of you is really, really good. And my wife, you know, who doesn't listen to sports talk radio, that Austin, uh, she actually really enjoyed it. And uh, some of the stuff you were talking about, like, uh, you know, when she was talking about going to Farrell's ice cream after yeah. uh, <laughs> wins or, or the season or whatever, that, that hit home to Mary. She, she said, oh, I remember doing that. You know, she was an athlete when she was younger and shared in the same experience. So, no, I'll give you, I'll critique okay. you good and bad. That's well, I know. kind of what we do as coaches, right? That's right. Damn right. Like, I want to get better. Like, does that work with players? Give me an idea, because you, you deal with a lot of different personalities, and I think we forget sometimes they're human, but coaches never forget that, because sometimes you can give criticism to one player in a way that maybe second player isn't as receptive to. Do you find that in coaching? Well, I think that's the toughest part of coaching is, you know, we call it pulling the right strings, right? You just, you don't know going in what's going to work with each player. You know, Sabrina could take hard coaching. She would use that as motivation. 
to get better. Others, other players, you know, if you if you critique them or you get on them at all, they go into a shell, and, uh, and sometimes it's hard to get out. You know, some players appreciate honesty, and others don't. So, uh, and I sometimes, you know, struggle with that because I'm I'm pretty honest. I don't yeah. really play games. I'm I'm right up front, and I that's how I liked being coached. And uh, you know, but it doesn't work with everybody. Do you find that there are any kind of trends in that world? Like, do you find that better players are more receptive, less receptive, or is it is it just case by case always? Well, it's always case by case. I. I you know, listen. I think we're trending toward, you know, every everybody wants their their back padded uh, for everything. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, there's a there's a great movie out there. I'd recommend it. You may have seen it. It's called Whiplash. Okay. And uh, and in that, there's a scene where the teacher tells the pupil, you know, the two worst words in the English language are "good job." You know, and uh, too many times we we use that as coaches. Hey, you know, when they make even just a a remedial play, hey, good job. And so you're sometimes reinforcing average play. Yeah. And uh, anyway, it's a fascinating movie. You should uh, you should watch it sometimes. The parallels with with athletics are uh, are stark. You know, it's it's pretty good. I love that. Uh, Kelly Graves with us, University of Oregon women's basketball coach. Uh, we, we were talking yesterday about going to pizza after we win a Little League game. Do you ever take your team out? Like when you're on the road, is there a special thing you'll do if, you know, you guys play really well? Or, you know, is there any kind of carrot that you, that you dangle? Well, you know, it's funny. We did that a couple of years ago when we clinched the championship down at one of the Arizonas. Uh, we went out for ice cream after. <laughs> and uh, I remember tweeting about it, and it was uh, it was pretty cool. It was fun, but uh, yeah, I've done that. You know, I coached all three of my boys little league for, gosh, probably a total of nine or ten years. And you know, I don't know how many you were talking about round table pizza. That was our go to spot in in Spokane, and uh, we spent a lot of time there. Uh, you know, it's funny though. I I was that little league coach, big guy that you know the first meeting we had. I said, listen, we don't do trophies and we don't do treats. Yeah, but if you want to have a great time and you want to learn the game of baseball, then this is the right program. And uh, you know, it's really funny those kids after the first game they go, "Hey, coach, where's our treat? Where's our treat?" They go, "Oh, we don't do treats on this team." And they go, "Oh, okay." That's to them, it's no big deal. I think it's a parent thing. Yes, the treats. Yeah, we we th- we expect the kids going to ask for a trade. You know, I, I want to be traded to another team that that does treats. But you're right, that's kind of a. I think the trophies are for the parents too, because I can remember getting those crappy trophies, and if it wasn't a championship trophy, if it wasn't a team that I really loved, I got to be honest with you, I I uh, I wasn't that interested in the trophy. Oh, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. And listen, I had some powerhouse teams. I mean, how's this for a lineup? I was telling you yesterday. I- Texan, I had Murderer's Row. Yeah. Okay. I okay. had three D1 athletes on my Little League team. One of them was, do you remember Evan Weaver? Yeah. The linebacker from Cal, first yeah. team pack 12 That was my cleanup hitter. What? Uh, I mean, dude, he was that size as a, as a 10-year-old, too. <laughs> I mean, just huge. Just mashed the ball. Max Rice, uh, the, the men's coach uh, at Boise State. 
It's his son who also plays there, D1 basketball player, was my three-hitter. Will, my son, Division One athlete. Uh, Mark Tew's son, A.J., was on that team. And uh, we, we had our way with the uh, Spokane South Hill Little League. The Red Sox, amazing. The Red Sox in Spokane. And and then I always got, since I was uh, a women's basketball coach, I always got the girls that signed up for for the league. Yeah. And they were good. I mean, at that age, the girls are every bit as good as the boys. So we were loaded. So did you guys win at all? Did you get, you know, did you go to Williamsport? What, you know, why not? No, I don't. I think we were still too young. I think that's the 11, 12 year old, yeah. maybe 13, 14. I don't know. I think we were still too young. But yeah, I got the little league in the spring. I, I loved it. I other dads did the basketball during the winter. I did the, and then others did the football in the fall. But spring was my time to 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 spend time. I love that. Did you, you get know, a chance? You had a graduate. Did you have a? You know, didn't you have a graduation that happened? Yeah, yeah, Will graduated from Gonzaga uh, last month, so we had the opportunity to go up there and spend some time, and pretty neat deal, man. Pretty neat. You're going to get... He's now they're gonna... all done. They're all, you know, he he was the third. How does that feel? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's okay. He's still got a year. He's, he's heading to Southern, uh, Southern Oregon to play one year for the Raiders his graduate year uh, for his good buddy, Matt Zozel, who just got the head job there. It's awesome. And uh, he's really excited and looking forward to it. I think that's what's, the, I, you know, everyone wants to talk about what's wrong with college athletics and all the, you know, things that they don't like. I like that move because it's one of those things that's right with college athletics because he's going somewhere to play somewhere because of the experience. Like he's not jumping in the portal because some coach told him the wrong thing. He kind of got that. Gonzaga experience, getting to go to the tournament and be on a team that was phenomenal. Now he gets a chance. He wants to go play. Is that right? He does. Yeah, that's that's what uh, made the decision. Plus, he really uh, likes Matt. Matt worked him out and actually coached him here at Lane. And and uh, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a good match. And I love Ashland. Ashland's a cool little town. I heard you talking about taking your show on the road. I think yeah. that would be that's a great place down there. Love that. We can Kelly. do your show and then go to a Shakespeare play. How's that? We can I go to it. Coriolanus or something. We'll do, yeah, we'll be a center stage right there at the theater in Ashland. Kelly Graves is with us. Uh, let me ask you this. I saw something you posted on Twitter, and you're a great follow on Twitter. I, I think among coaches in the Pac-12, you might be the best follow. But you posted a video on a plane. There was a guy playing the violin. What the hell is going on on that thing? Dude, I, I mean, seriously, how many times have you gotten on TikTok or Insta or whatever, and you see all these people fighting on airplanes, right? Yeah. That's like a thing now, I guess. I don't know. And so I'm flying from, I think, Phoenix to San Diego, uh, doing some recruiting last month, and some guy, one row behind me, gets up and starts playing his violin in, in the middle of the aisle. He goes for like 10 minutes. It was amazing. It was beautiful. You know what I mean? I I mean, we focus on all that negative, and so I figured, you know what, I'm going to take a little video of that and post it and and show that there's still some uh, loveliness in this world, you know? Yes. I like that because when I first saw the video, I thought, "Uh uh-oh, somebody didn't wear a mask or somebody's in a bad mood or there's some Karen on the plane, and all of a sudden guy starts playing the violin. Did he ask you guys? Did he say, hey, do you mind, or did he start playing? Well, he may have. I have my headphones. When I'm hey, listen. When I'm on a plane, 
Yeah. I don't care who's next to me or around me. I, I got my thing going on. I, I don't want to talk or anything like that. But, you know, he was I, – I could hear it. And so, uh, anyway – I, I stopped, paid attention, and it was uh, it was pretty it was pretty cool, pretty cool deal. He got a, a big applause at the end, and you know I, I I debated whether to put it on social media because you know what happens next. There's going to be that guy that starts saying, "Well, he that's unsafe. He shouldn't be there." Right. You know when the flight's going and on and on and on. But uh, I don't think I got anybody that said anything negative. Yeah, even you can't get too swept up or too worried about one or two people or just unhappy though, you know, because it's all over social media. It can be one person, it's the vocal minority who's having a bad day, who wants to take it out on you and and does so because it's impersonal. There's they're at arm's length. Yeah, I think I've actually reached out to you. I've texted you for some advice on that a couple of times and I I liked your advice to me said don't put them on the stage with you. Yep. I thought that was pretty good advice, so yeah, you don't Try see like above it. you don't see Jerry Seinfeld calling the heckler up to the stage, you know, like that. You know, that's his stage. Let him have it. That's yeah. Kelly. That's yeah. your stage. Hey, uh, how's your team looking? You, you're going into a summer here. I know everyone's scattering, but how you feeling about it? Oh, I feel real good. I we were just talking today. We had uh, our graduation was yesterday, and so uh, you know, I think our players start to roll in mid July. You know, for a couple of months of summer school. And I love my guard line. I, I think we're as good at, uh, at at the guards as anywhere in the country. When you start with, you know, uh, Tina Pow Pow and Indy Rogers, both first team All Pac-12. So you're talking about major conference, you know, uh, All Pac-12 performers, as well as Taya Hansen, who's coming in as a graduate transfer from Arizona State, an All League player. And then you know you have Chance Gray, one of the you know she's a, a top five ranked high school player, a legitimate McDonald's All American. Uh, Elise Hurst back from last year. She had a nice year for us. And then Jenna Asai, another, you know, the Arizona player of the year the last two years. So uh, six really good guards. I, I would put that guard line up against any in the in the country. And, um, yeah, and then, you know, inside you've got Sedona and Philly at the five. Kennedy Basham, a six, seven athlete coming in. And Grace Van Sluten, uh, you know, a five-star uh, freshman. Uh, at the four, she's playing right now in, in Argentina for Team USA and the U18 team, and then Taylor Hosendov. So, really, I we're, we're 11. That's all we've got, which is fine in this day and age. You know, you get more than that, and everybody gets upset because they're not playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I really like my crew. I We're going to be tested. Uh, I can't tell you a couple of the games I've got scheduled, but it's pretty impressive, our schedule next year. We're going to be We're going to be tested early. You got to go see Sabrina play. You got to go see Courtney Vandersloot play. What was it like to be at a WNBA game and, and kind of just watch what was happening out there? Incredible. We, we had an awesome experience in New York, took the whole family for the whole week, went to two Liberty games, and Sabrina played you know, phenomenally in both. Actually, was rewarded yesterday by the, you know, with the WNBA Player of the Week. But yeah. the game on Sunday uh, – between her and, and Vandersloot, who I got to coach at Gonzaga for four years, was incredible. I mean, Sabrina goes for a triple-double. I think she had like 20, 25, 13, and 12. Uh, Courtney uh, darn near had a triple-double herself, but she did make the game-winning three at the buzzer. Uh, but it was just so much fun to, A, be able to, to, to watch such high-level basketball. And we were right down there on the floor. In fact, one of the games we sat right behind Ben Simmons and Seth Curry, 
which to me is okay. That's pretty cool. But to my three boys, they were like <laughs> in heaven. Yeah. And they uh, also got to chat up uh, David Jacoby uh, from Jacob, Jalen and Jacoby a little bit as well. So they, they had a blast. It was, it was a lot of fun. But to see those two, and especially Sabrina excel the way she she is right now. I'm just so happy for her. Uh, they love her in New York, and they should. Uh, I think she's still going to be the face of the uh, of the league here soon. I, I think Portland needs a WNBA team. Here's my plan. Kelly Graves is coaching it. Uh, Sabrina is is uh, either traded for or in the expansion draft. She becomes property of Portland. Get the band back together. <laughs> Well, has, has it worked for uh, the Beatles and the, the others, <laughs> the Eagles? You know, I I, I don't know. I, I do love your I, – I do love the WNBA in Portland. It, it's a no-brainer to me. The Thorns are a huge success, right, uh, you know, uh, at the turnstile. Yep. And you've got two of the best fan bases in the country. I mean, we were, I, I don't know, top five in the nation – in attendance last year, and I think Oregon State's always top fifteen. So, yeah, you you get a Beaver on that uh, on that team, and a Duck or two, and the fans will come out. Have you seen Top Gun Maverick? I have. Well, yeah. what'd you think? Uh, okay, movie critic time, huh? Yep. I actually really liked it. Now, I yep. love the original. Okay, yep. uh, upgrade in the Kelly McGillis role as well in the second mm-hmm. one, definite. Yep. I mean, I guess she was something back then. I, I, you know, I was a little younger, but I thought it was really good. Um, definitely worth the. Uh, well, we saw it in New York. It was fifteen bucks. I don't know what it is in, <laughs> in Portland, but it was definitely worth the fifteen bucks. I love that. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, it is Father's Day week. I want to ask you about your dad. What? Uh, give me a story about your dad. Help us get to know a little bit. Did he coach your teams? Did what did he instill in you uh, that you still carry today? Uh, that he just loved me and supported me. He he knew sports, but he didn't try to coach me every game, and I, I really appreciated that. Uh, he he was loud when he got to the games, but but not obnoxious loud. He was loud because he was a, a real supportive uh, dad. Uh, different era. You know, he wasn't at every practice. He didn't drive me everywhere. If I wanted to go to practice, I either rode my bike or found a ride or walked. Uh, but when it was game time, he, he was always there, and I, I really appreciate that. Later on, as I, as I was coaching, uh, you know, he tried to get to as many games. I, I wish now I would have gotten him to more games. Um, that's one of the regrets I have. But, uh, but always just so supportive and when we had tough losses, uh, even while I was a coach, you know, I would always call him and he would give me advice or just pump me up or, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I really miss him. You know, it's been now about nine years since he passed, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I miss him. He was a great dad. I think that's great. And I think, you know, you, I know that you're a great dad. I can see the time and the effort that you put in and, and you know, your dad's showing up. You said something there that, you know, when it was game time, he was always there. I, I I feel like, you know, it was graduation time, you're there. That's what a good dad does. You show up. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, my, I, uh, I, my favorite Father's Day remembrance as a current dad, 
okay, happened in 2015. Okay. I was golfing with my three boys, so foursome, on that, su- on that Father's Day Sunday, right after Jordan Spieth had won up at Chambers Bay. Okay. Number two, baby, Eugene Country Club, 200 yards, I hit my hybrid hole-in-one. So I, it was with all three of my boys on Father's Day. Couldn't have gotten better. That's amazing. What'd you do? Did you go running up there? Like, did you see it go in, or did you? No, were you surprised? because you know it was later yeah. in the afternoon, the sunset, and if you know ECC, you know that's you're looking into the west. And all three of the boys said, "Dad, great shot!" And Will goes, "Dad, I I think you're pretty close." And I I didn't pay much attention, but we all started walking up, and I couldn't see the ball. And I'm long sometimes on that hole. And Will's the one that, that saw it. He went up there, Dad, it's in. <laughs> and then we all went crazy. But, no, I didn't get to see it actually fall in the cup, which uh, is a regret. But it was still a pretty cool moment, especially to have all, all of my boys with me. That's a great, great moment. I appreciate you giving us your time. And, and the critique of the show is always welcome. When I stink, I'm sure you'll let me know. I appreciate you, Kelly Graves. Thanks for doing what you do. Oh, John, I appreciate you too, and happy Father's Day. I know you're a hell of a dad as well, so uh, have a great day, okay? Thank you. Kelly Graves, University of Oregon women's basketball coach. I love that. Both both Dave Hickey and Kelly Graves, it was, you know, Dave Hickey talked about his dad, do the right thing, and, you know, his dad being present. Kelly Graves talking, too, about uh, his dad, you know, his dad – didn't drive him everywhere. He wasn't at every practice, but it was game time. Dad was there. I want you to leave it here. You got the bald face truth. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald face truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. I don't think it's ever too early to start talking about Father's, Father's Day, all that stuff coming up this weekend. Anna's in the studio. Kelly Graves gave you high praise in the last segment. Oh. I asked him when the show was at its best. He said, when you're on the show, the banter back and forth. (laughs) Oh, good. And his wife, Mary, enjoyed hearing about your Farrell's experience. For people who didn't hear yesterday, Anna thought Farrell's was a local you know establishment yeah she didn't know it was a chain the old Farrell's, you know restaurants i guess you, were they restaurants we call them restaurants? yeah 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 uh what happened to Farrell's? it's no longer no yeah. I, they're still around are they i think i've seen them here or there but they're not as popular i think as they used to be but i think a lot of people have that experience a lot of people probably thought their local Farrell's was you know, but credit to Farrell's for making it feel that way. Right? Applebee's does that now. They, I mentioned that yesterday. They pull you into it's your neighborhood place, but we all know it's not. It's a chain. But they have some local, uh, we're going to fool you while you're waiting to get a table stuff on the walls yeah. inside the restaurants. Yeah. Um, the other one is, um, you know, I used to travel a lot, and it used to be like when you went to Boston or Miami or San Francisco, or Phoenix, you could buy something you could only get in those towns. Yeah. Like if like if I was going to bring something back for the girls, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. 
you could buy something that was unique to those towns. Now you go through, it's all the same crap. It's just everybody's got everything everywhere. Yeah. I think we've lost some of that provincial feel to things, mm-hmm. don't you? Yeah, it's like the same souvenir shop, but they just slap a different city name yeah. on the trinket. Yeah, you go, like it's everything's Hello Kitty and a snow globe. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it, it used to be like you could go somewhere and you could get something you could only get in that town. Yeah. Or And I even think globally that has changed. because, And, it, and I don't want to blame Amazon. But it's part of the issue is like the you know sort of the uh, the the global feel to commerce now. Mm-hmm. We've lost identity. Like mm-hmm. you don't know you wouldn't know you're in Indianapolis, or you wouldn't know you're in Cleveland or Detroit or Phoenix, except if you step outside and you look at the weather or you check a license plate or whatever. You don't have anything that is unique to those cities, like in the airport or. You know, even with shopping or whatever around, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, that's why I appreciate like the dive bar and dive restaurants that I know are throughout Oregon and Washington. I I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma one time, and they had a place called the Buccaneer Bar. Yeah, that was near the arena where Tulsa basketball was played. Mm-hmm. And at the Buccaneer Bar, you walk in, they had live music, and in the back they had a bar. And then next to the bar, they had a table and they had a crock pot on the table. <laughs> the first time I was there, I was like, what's in the crock pot? And they <laughs> said, sloppy joes. And they give you a bun. They don't. There's no charge. You just get a sloppy joe while you're waiting there. And it's like somebody's house. <laughs> like, you know, you can make a, you know. And you know what a sloppy joe is, don't of you? Of course. Judah, do you know what a sloppy joe is? I do. Okay. When's the last time you had a sloppy joe? been a minute go to the buccaneer bar in tulsa i'm not sure you can get a sloppy joe anywhere else in america that's not true where who's serving a sloppy joe right now in the state of oregon nobody like i said some restaurant somewhere probably a small rural town that's what i'm talking about though might even be out of a crock rainbow (laughs) get your sloppy joes here (laughs) but i think that we uh we have lost a little bit of that you know i think we need to recapture that Mm mm-hmm and I think it, it's evident, too. Like, I remember being in Beijing for the Olympics in 2008. We went to the silk market. Yeah. Everything in that market was a ripoff of something in America. I know. It was a ripoff Samsonite bag. It was a ripoff, you know, whatever, belt, phone. Yeah. Name it. Movie, DVD. Didn't matter. <laughs> like, it was just a duplication of something American because they covet, I guess, what is, you know, an American thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're really into brands, the like, Chinese culture. I just think of there, there. It's fewer and fewer places you can go now where you get like a real experience. Yeah. You know, maybe the Alamo in San Antonio, like like the stores around the Alamo. You don't find that stuff in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. But I just remember one time you and I were at a Sun Bowl. I think the uh, Ducks were playing in a Sun Bowl. Was that El Paso? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I think Justin Roper was at quarterback. <laughs> That's right. For Oregon back in the day. That's been a while. And we ventured into Mexico. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do. And it, it wasn't. felt so easy to just go across. It was. <laughs> just it was back walked. in the day. <laughs> and, and here's the other thing. It wasn't like fun Mexico. <laughs> it was Juarez. Yeah. It was kind of sketchy Mexico. Yeah, but it was still a good day. It was sketchy. It was daylight. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that. In the evening in Juarez, the shadows move. Well, we didn't you know? know any better because we went by day. To, we were like, we're so close. Let's go to Mexico. 
and there was like a day festival going on in a square. There was dancing. Yeah, it was cool. There was a mariachi band. There were street vendors. I bought a pair of jeans that smelled yeah. like chicharrones. 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 And it was a great day. And then I remembered we got back to the hotel that night, walked back across the border. It was so simple. And uh, we started to read about Juarez and the well, horrible things that had happened there, like yeah. the human trafficking. Women are missing in yeah. Juarez. It's it's a it's a uh, trafficking capital of the world, yeah. maybe. But it was what got me was somebody had taken uh, crosses and planted them on a hillside as you leave Juarez. Yes. And there were white crosses, and it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, and one, each cross designated a missing woman. Ugh. And it was like, what is going on with that? Google it. Oh. Yeah. Like, you know, we were not, so unaware. not safe to be there yeah. because people just go missing and especially go missing at night. But those jeans still smell like chicharrones. <laughs> That's the thing. You bought these jeans in Juarez. You bought a pair of jeans for like five bucks off of street vendor. I know. And I was like, those smell like pork rinds. <laughs> because they were <laughs> selling pork rinds yeah. right across. The way they still smell like pork rinds. Yeah, they're like embedded in the yeah. threads. But but it, but that is like that's an example of something unique that you buy somewhere. Judy, do you know what Sean? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like you can't go anywhere anymore and get something that says I was like you could just hold it up and people would know. Oh, you're in Peoria, Illinois. No, we don't have that anymore. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I still think there's some of that. Like I'm going to Bend this weekend, and I know for a fact that Sisters Oregon has my favorite granola, and so I will be stopping at that specific bakery. But I do, I do see, I do see why Amazon. What's so special about that granola? It's really good. It's really sugary. Uh, I think it's like an orange. It's like an orange granola. Um, so it's got like an orangey, like fruitish flavor. It's really, really delicious. But uh, you know, for the most part, I, I see what you're saying. How Amazon's kind of taken it away. This is fascinating. This show never ceases to impress me. I've got a granola place. Oh, granola. Can you Sean say granola with... again? Go ahead. Granola. Granola. <laughs> I don't it's just beautiful. It is. Just rolls right off his tongue. Is there tongue. crack in this granola? Granola. Like Can you name the place where you get yeah. this special Tell us granola? The spot. Sister's Bakery. Oh, yeah, okay, aptly named, aptly named. Yeah. <laughs> so you get granola at Sister's Bakery that is you can't get anywhere else in the world. Yeah, you know, you know my my dad used to pick it. Speaking of the Father's Day theme today, my dad used to pick it up to me, and now like he used to go there for work, and every single time he went to Band or Sister's, I told him to get that granola, and I haven't Aww. tasted anything like it. I bet you there's a part of this, if you're going to be real, it is sentimental to you. And that's part of why it ta that granola tastes good. I'm not saying it doesn't, because it probably does. But there is a, that your dad was thinking of you. See, mm -hmm. that's the connection. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. You're totally right. Someday Sean's going to have a pack of kids, and he's going <laughs> to give them this granola. We don't know that. And he's going to look at, upon it fondly. And I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to take one bite and go, this is terrible. And then Sean's going to be like, no, damn it. You're going to eat that damn granola. It's the best granola in the earth. You know? We need to get Sean a date first. How do you know he doesn't have a date? Well, do not have a date. See? 
We've discussed this. Get swiping, Sean. He's working on it. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Get swiping. <laughs> Get swiping. Or you make know eye contact yeah. and engage in conversation with the people around you. Say at the sister's bakery as you're picking up your granola. Oh, what if he was in the bakery line? Yeah. And he meets somebody else who's like, this is the greatest granola ever. That's what I'm saying. Guys, get off your phones. Like, you could be oh. standing in line. This is my pet peeve about dating these days. And what I see. Are you involved <laughs> in dating these no, days? What no, I have no Something vested I need to interest. Know? No, but like. <laughs> Father's it, Day, John. <laughs> yeah. It drives me crazy because these these young people. They, God, I sound so old. The young people are saying, oh, it's so hard to meet people. It's so hard to meet people. Mm. But the thing is. If you happen to be in a public place, you could be meeting the love of your life and that person could be standing right in front of you in line somewhere or next to you at a bus stop somewhere. And But you won't notice because your head is buried in your phone. Maybe you're on a dating app, which may not prove fruitful for you, except if you just looked up, you might meet the person that you're supposed to be. I think, Anna, what you're saying is you need to get your at-bats. Like, for example, Henry Aaron, 755 home runs. Everybody knows that number. Judah, you would have known that off the top of your head. But nobody talks about 1383. What's that? That's how many strikeouts Henry Aaron had. There you go. 1,383. Yeah. Henry Aaron got some at-bats. Sean needs to get some A-Bs. He needs to be talking to people, even if he strikes out. Look around. It's okay. Look around. He'll hit some home runs. I also think Sean should give us access to his Tinder account and let <laughs> us do some of that, have some fun with that. Oh, no. No? Sean, don't do that. Bad idea. Don't you think there's a whole Bad generation idea. of people our age who missed out on being able to swipe and You're judge people? You're not missing people? out on anything, honestly. <laughs> That's... I like Anna's method a lot more. <laughs> Don't you think, like, don't, don't you ever, like, I'm a big fan of that movie, Sliding Doors, and I just think, like, there are moments in life where you just got to look up and look around and see who's around you and take the chance, start a conversation, and try to, like, have a real connection with somebody, and we're all so buried in our phones, and I'm guilty of it, too, but I've met my person. We're also buried in our phones that we're we might be missing those kind of. So you think that we're missing them in general, even if it's not about dating? Like we're just missing conversations or moments yes. in life. Yes. Like we're gonna look back and we're all gonna be on our deathbeds, going, "I should have put my phone down." For sure. And lived a little more. Yeah. But I yeah. still think there's there is a little FOMO going on with kind of our generation. Yeah. These kids are having all the fun judging each other based on their photos. <laughs> I think there's something kind of fun about looking at somebody and going, nope, you know, <laughs> just make a blanket judgment based on their best photo, your best photo, lady. Nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, you know, everybody, nobody's putting their worst photo on, on yeah. those dating apps. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's, that's the best they got. Do you need to get on a dating app just for fun? I just need to need look to over like... Sean's shoulder and be like, no, 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 no. Swipe, swipe, swipe. <laughs> I, oh yes, I, I feel like tw like maybe twenty five percent of the time I join I, I join the show, turn on my mic, Tinder comes up. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm just associated with Tinder mm. on this show. Yeah, I don't go I'm on sorry, that you're the Tinder guy. I'm the Tinder the guy, Tinder I guess. Guy. Uh, Sam's in Vancouver has something to add to the conversation. Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, so I mean, I, I got to agree with Anna on that. That the the in person is so much better and everything. But for a person like me who doesn't go out and you know doesn't drink, go doesn't go to bars or anything like that, it's kind of hard. But the internet dating man is just 
it's unfortunate that it's all about the pictures and everything because I've been doing little, uh, I guess, little psychological tests in it. I've been uh, going through my app and, like, changing my profile in certain ways of personalities. The one thing I found was that when I removed my profile picture, I had gotten more likes than actually this person over the weekend. She was like, why are you secretive? I says, hey, I just want to see who's out there. And I sent her a picture, didn't hear anything back. And I says, hey, if there's no, no attraction, we're adults here. We can, you know, talk, you know, whatever. And she unmatched me. So that's kind of the stuff that you deal with mm. on those kind of things. I mean, and it's nothing that I want to, like, base my, my, you know, oh, man, I got turned down on that. But, I mean, it was specifically, nope, not you, and off. And it's like, well, all right, I guess, cool. Yeah, you know what we need to do? Get her but on see, the here- show. <laughs> We need to get her exactly side. what I'm saying. <laughs> but, like, here's the thing. You go to a grocery store, right? Do you sometimes go to a coffee shop? I'm just talking about, like, I'm not even saying you have to be, like, bar hopping because, you know, that's kind get of Get your a, head on a swivel is what you're saying. tricky in its own right. Yeah. But it's just whatever, like, public space that you're in, you know, especially if that's the, what you're facing is people that aren't that it's all about the pictures and whatever like you have the opportunity to let your opportunity shine and yeah. strike up a conversation and charm somebody in person sam how's that sound that sounds pretty good but but i've been single for a little bit and and i hate to bring you know issues into it but but i think with it's very hard for men to meet women out there it's it's women are are very cautious right now and i'm not saying that's that's mm-hmm. bad or anything but with my experience, I the last couple of people I've dated, stuff has get caught up, and it's like I've been thrown into that realm, and I feel like I'm being unfairly judged. So it's really kind of hard when you're, like, walking down the street or, you know, you see somebody at a grocery store or something, and you think about approaching them, but as you kind of approach, you kind of see them clinching their purse or kind yeah. of, like, very, mm, yeah. very, very to themselves. It's It's very, very hard, especially for a guy that's yeah. going to be 45 in a couple months. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Get your at-bats. Henry Aaron, 1,389 strikeouts, 755 home runs. Get your at-bats. You cannot hit home runs without your at-bats. Leave it here. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.